Welcome to Biohackers Lab, a place where we talk to smart people who are figuring out how to improve health in interesting ways. Join us to discover how you can biohack your life, your body, starting today. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Biohackers Lab. I'm your host, Gary Kerwin, and on today's episode, I have Casey Stern. Casey is the man behind the popular YouTube channel called Vegetable Police. He has helped heal his ulcerative colitis using a raw vegan fruit-based diet, but has started experimenting with other diets, including the carnivore diet. He enjoys making comedy YouTube videos on how to heal yourself of anything. Casey, thanks so much for coming on to the show today. My pleasure. Thanks for having me on, man. Yeah, so you're quite a character, and I, I've enjoyed watching some of your YouTube videos. Um, you're definitely a good comedian. That intro one you do with all your, your different wigs, I love that. <laughs> all, all those different characters. Uh, that's funny, because I, I traveled out here to Thailand, and my suitcase was just half wigs. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's awkward if customs starts uh, stopping you. Like, what, are you performing, <laughs> sir? What's going on here? <laughs> yeah, Yeah, it's fun. Yeah, it's fun. <laughs> So I introduced you there um, saying how you went you, you went on a journey to heal your ulcerative colitis. So that's where I'd like to begin just to introduce listeners um, as to why did you choose to go on a raw vegan fruit-based diet to help your ulcerative colitis? Yeah, so initially I got diagnosed. I had the full colonoscopy and I was watching the video and my colon was just wrecked like it was I could see it I was like oh my god that does not look healthy and I got diagnosed with ulcerative colitis and the doctors told me the diet has nothing to do with it because that was the first thing I asked them I was like so what do I eat because that's what I've been worrying about for the last couple years and they're like what do you diet has nothing to do with this you'll be on medication forever and that's it so I was like what I didn't believe that at all and I just started researching from that day, like, what do I eat? Ulcerative colitis. Like, I, at least I had a name for the disease. So I was like, okay, I know what this is. I'll find out. There's got to be other people that have healed it. So I started trying, like, getting advice from the internet. And there was this one book, The SCD Diet by Elaine Gottschall. And that was the first book I read. She cured her daughter of ulcerative colitis. And so I started trying her diet. And I just started getting sicker and sicker because I found out later that I was allergic to dairy and she has you making this homemade yogurt. And so I was eating that every day. I'm getting worse and worse. I dropped down to about 110 pounds and I'm like five foot seven. So I was like skin and bones. And I basically felt like I had nothing left to fight this illness with. Like I was just dying. So we went to the emergency room, got the IV and everything. And that just started it. That was my first try <laughs> to heal this on my own. And so I kept researching and it was like six years of just trying various diets until I found this one book. I almost gave up, but I searched one last time in Google and I was like, all right, heal colitis. And then this site popped up that I'd never seen before. And there was this book called Self-Healing Colitis and Crohn's by David Klein. and he had cured himself of ulcerative colitis and he said he cured like 99% of his patients on it. So I was like, okay. And it's a fruit-based vegan diet. So I was like, oh my God, vegan diet. How long am I going to have to do that for? Like I never planned on staying vegan, but I tell you, within a couple of weeks, my bowel movements turned normal. I was able to get off all medication and 
I was healed basically. And then I would cheat. Like I was feeling so good. We get adventurous. Like all humans are like that. I think we just, what can I get away with? So I was like, okay, can I eat burgers again? And it's like, oh no, brought back my symptoms. So it was like yo-yoing up and down for a while, like getting better and then cheating and getting worse. And I was wondering, because it was 2008 when I went on this diet, the vegan raw vegan diet. And 2012, I ate a big block of sheep cheese, raw organic sheep cheese, because I was like, oh, this is still raw. It has to be good. So I had the worst colitis flare-up of my life at that point. And I was like, how can this be? I was back to day one, basically. Like, we're talking like 10 years into my journey here, and I'm back to day one, square one, as sick as I was. And I was like, oh my God, I'm allergic to dairy. That's what it is. And that's when I got serious. I eliminated dairy. I never had dairy again. And I went full on vegan at that point. And that's when I was completely cured. I never had another flare up, and I still haven't had another flare up since I gave up dairy in 2012. So that's why I went on the fruit-based diet and it healed me to a point. But I just, I had many symptoms that just weren't going away. Like I had still some pain, even though I wasn't bleeding and it wasn't a desperate situation anymore. I still had bloating and gas and it was just some pain down there and acne never went away and I was itchy a lot and fatigued. And I'm just like, what is this? This is not life. This is not like something's got to change here. And that's why I made the big switch to this carnivore thing. So I'm sure we'll talk about that. <laughs> oh, for sure. So, I mean, that's really interesting already. So you, how old were you when you got that diagnosis, when you said you were laying there on that table looking at your colon? Yeah, I think I was about 21, I want to say. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah. yeah, you. and it's interesting to hear, you know, from a patient perspective that the doctor then who was examining you said, yeah, look, there's no dietary options for you. You've just got to take these. Um, I'm guessing what the kind of medication is more. I actually don't know. Is it more like a steroid or auto um, immune suppressant or something, isn't it? It's quite. It's like a sulfur-based anti-inflammatory, and it helped for the first two weeks. I was like, okay, that does feel a little better. But then pretty much I was still having flare-ups, and it wasn't the lasting cure. And if anything, it just damaged me further my mm. gut lining it with sulfur and then poisoning my liver. It's like, that was a nightmare. And I was on that for like a good five years. Yeah, and then, so, I mean, it's, when you were saying about a, just a fruit-based diet, just to kind of imagine what it was. So you you just decided for, because it sounded within a few weeks, it, it resolved your symptoms. So you're just literally eating fruit for, I don't know, 21 days, 14 days in a row, nothing else but fruit. Basically, for the first two weeks, I started with, I think, like a two-day water fast. And then I ate nothing but bananas and cantaloupes for two weeks. And I just started, like, things were healing. You know, it was like, okay, this is getting better. And then I started adding more balance to the raw vegan thing, like vegetable juices and having some steamed potatoes and squash at night and things like that. Okay. Yeah. And then as you said, you'd have those cheat days where you try to have a burger or I guess a hot dog or something, and then you'd have the bad flare up, the pain, maybe some bleeding again, and you realize, oh, no, that wasn't so good. Yeah. I just wanted some pasta and Parmesan, but it, it wasn't working out for me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. Yeah. So that's interesting. Again. So it's like you were getting little hints then with the dairy factor, like you said, the Parmesan cheese there. 
So mm-hmm. would you say then looking back now with all your adventures that you've gone through with all your different food sources that it definitely is the dairy components. Anything related to dairy is just your nemesis. Yeah, that's number one. Like I do believe that ulcerative colitis is a combination of like too much toxicity in the body, but there's also an allergic component to it where you're actually allergic to a food and it's giving you all these symptoms. So for me, I can eat almost anything and maybe like soy will give me some pain, but it will never give me ulcerative colitis back. Like I can eat textured vegetable protein, like it's crap, it's garbage food. And I'm like, yeah, that kind of hurts, but I could eat it daily. And I did for a while in Thailand there, they have it everywhere. And it's just, oh, my mic's moving. And, but dairy, if I eat dairy for a couple days, it'll just get worse and worse. And I actually just tried this. Like last month, I had a source of raw milk in Chiang Mai, Thailand. And I was like, okay, I'm going to try this because on the carnivore diet, everybody's just praising raw milk. Like it's the absolute healer of the gut. And many people have sworn like they've healed things by drinking raw milk. So I was like, all right, I'll give this a try, but I'm pretty sure I'm allergic to dairy here. So I had two cups, one cup a day for two days and I started getting pain and I stopped, but it was like a month of pain. Like I'm fully convinced if I would have just kept drinking that every day, I would have ulcerative colitis again. Mm. Sorry for this. And yeah, for anyone watching the, the YouTube video, uh, <laughs> I, lo- I love the mic. It looks like an anaconda snake that's just eaten, eaten around it. <laughs> yeah, I moved down south to Hua Hin, so I didn't bring my nice boom mic stand, and now I got this thing. <laughs> it's working somewhere. Cool. But yeah, so that's a great little experiment that you did there again, saying that you, you tried even raw milk, and it, even in that situation, your, your body still was having a reaction after not having had a reaction for so long. Yeah, so dairy is out for me. Some people are saying there's the A1 versus A2 cows and that I just I can't even find that information in Thailand. You're lucky to get anything like it's so hard here. Like anything labeled the ingredients. I bought these little fish snacks the other day. It was just dried sardines, crispy fish it was called. I was like, "All right, I'm going to try a little snack." And it said 100% sardines. I was like, "Okay, it's just one ingredient. We're going to try that." I get it home, I eat it, and it's sweet and spicy. I'm like, what is this? This is like covered in honey and cayenne pepper. And it's like, they don't list any of that stuff. So it's sketchy here. You don't know what's in anything. Yeah, that that makes uh, dietary experimenting a little bit more difficult. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so did you, just keeping on, um, before we get on to more the carnivore side of things, even when you were on the fruit-based diets, uh, did you find any particular fruits that would aggravate your situation or any particular vegetables? You, you mentioned the, the soy proteins, but um, I'm also interested any particular fruits maybe that would have disturbed your, your gut. There, there is a couple. I always noticed when I had cherries, I would just have some nightmares happening. Like it wasn't severe pain or anything. It's just like those don't digest like other fruits. Like some most fruits... You just you eat it and then you don't notice anything happening in your body. But cherries, I don't know if it's the FODMAPs. There's this whole like low FODMAP diet. There's the oxalates and salicylates. Like there's so many plant toxins that could be responsible for that. 
It could be the FODMAPs, but for the most part, fruits were pretty gentle. It was the raw vegetables that I had to limit. So even just having like too much lettuce, it's kind of harsh fiber. So I would either juice the greens and or steam them like steamed broccoli seemed to be okay or potatoes. I would peel everything. It's just like the harsh fibers of the peels and everything. The insoluble fiber is what hurts. The soluble stuff was more soft and friendly. Okay, so juicing was good to you? Yeah, actually, the one of the most beneficial things I ever did was two cups of celery juice a day. I don't know if you've heard of the medical medium guy. Mm-mm, no. He, he's kind of out there just like he promotes a mostly vegan diet, but he, he's just, he has this thing where he talks to the spirit. The spirit tells him that he, he tells him what other people's health symptoms are and how to fix it. I don't know if he's lying about the whole thing, but like he just, he's healed so many people. And I re- read his book. Somebody in my comment section told me about him and I was like, all right, I'll read it. And he said, if you want to rebuild your stomach acid, drink two cups of celery juice plain every day. And I started doing that and my digestion improved so much dramatically within like four days. And I did that for like five months straight, I think. And that was just amazing. We can't even get celery out here. It's so expensive. We can get some imported and it's like $4 for six stocks or something like it's it's ridiculous but i would be doing that if anybody wants to rebuild their stomach acid juice a whole head of celery every day plain can't add anything to it that's the secret okay (laughs) well well, this podcast is all about actionable tips there so i guess that's a a good actionable tip for anyone listening yeah and i can just say like i before that i was juicing celery every day pretty much celery with parsley and lemon And I wasn't noticing the same benefits as just the plain celery. Like he said, it has to be plain celery because it's like given, imagine you're wanting to open a door and I hand you 50 keys and I'm just like, open this door. And you're going to be like panicking for a while. Like, which one is the key? It's like, that's what it's like with the celery juice. Just give your body the celery alone and it will do it. It will build that stomach acid. So it, it's a, tip us standby it works for sure and i've had many people tell me like holy shit this is working thank you so much okay interesting um so just to explore the the fruitarian based diet um because i've never had someone on who's who's solely done that diet um what is it like in that world do they have any other sort of recommendations do you have to eat x amount of times per day do you have to try eat seasonal fruits or a certain amount of fruits do you eat to hunger how does it work yeah there's a lot of different rules but mainly it's like try to get ripe in season local fruit if you can but most people like i was in a northern climate i was in toronto canada and for about seven months of the year it's winter basically and there wasn't much fruit there that's why i was torturous that's why i moved out here to thailand to give it one last shot i was like okay if i can get to a tropical paradise i can make this fruit based diet work cuz i was struggling on it and i figured maybe it was because i'm getting unripe fruit but i was struggling out here just as much so it's just the fruit it's too much sugar but for the most part you want to stick with like mono meals that's what they say eat one fruit till satiation and that will digest the best and Ah, there's a lot of rules, but mainly fruit all day, and then you balance it out with however you're going to do that. It's not 
100% fruit, although you could do that. I don't see anybody thriving on a 100% fruitarian diet. Like when I say fruitarian, I'm saying more like the 80-10-10 diet where it's lots of fruit, but lots of greens, some nuts and seeds or the starches at night. A little bit more of a balanced approach because fruitarian, I don't think it sustains anybody really. Okay, so it sounds like the, you're trying to bulk a lot of the energy from fruit sources and then tap into vegetables and nuts and other things around it too within the diet. Mm-hmm. Okay. And you have to limit the fat apparently because the sugar, if you have too much fat, then the sugar won't get into your cells properly and give you diabetes. And I don't know, I was having blood sugar swings the whole time. <laughs> yeah. And was this more just a, a feeling of blood sugar swings that you were having? Or did you happen to even have a chance to like do one of those glucometer tests where you just get to prick your finger and have a look, see what's going on? Yeah, I actually have several videos on my channel where I did that. I had my diabetic blood sugar tester and yeah, like my sugar would spike. I have the Canadian numbers, but I've spiked up to 10.7. I don't know what that is in the American numbers. It's over 200 though. It's like diabetic numbers from a fruit meal. And ironically, I tested juice versus whole fruit and the whole grapes spiked my sugar even worse because everybody was just kept telling me like, well, that's bullshit, man. Like whole fruit with the fiber, it's perfect. And no, it spikes my sugar. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, um, the reason I'm asking too is because I've, I've been to a low-carb conference and one of the doctors there, he was showing an example of what bananas do to his patients, so patients who are diabetic, and if they have a banana, like how much it can spike. And I'm just thinking, yeah, it'd be interesting to see what certain fruits would do to someone potentially. Yeah, like I've, and I feel it too, like bananas are probably the worst for me because like I've literally been knocked out unconscious from bananas like I just I'll fall asleep within half an hour and I get very tired as my blood sugar rises a lot of people think that you crash after a fruit meal but it's I get tired as it's rising I get more and more tired because I've I've measured this like like what before I'm eating half an hour after every half an hour to see like why am I so tired did I crash no it's high blood sugars make me super tired Mm -hmm. Yeah, so it's not the low blood sugar, it's the high blood sugar situation. Yeah, and then eventually it'll come down, then I'll feel normal, but then I'm hungry again, and then I go through the same roller coaster ride. It's ridiculous. So is that some of the things that you were trying to fi still figure out on, on this diet that helped the symptoms in your gut, but you still had other things that you weren't happy about, like this blood sugar roller coaster? Yeah, that was like the fatigue and the skin issues were my biggest issue other than the digestion and they just they weren't all happening at once it's like i could experience great digestion but then my skin was terrible and my energy sucked and then sometimes i would switch to a high fat vegan diet and my energy was great and my skin was great but then my digestion sucked and it's like damn it i can't get all pillars of health to work at the same time and that's what i'm noticing now on the carnivore diet it's like everything is ticking off now so it's cool. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's a great intro now into this new way of eating. And if you, 
I guess what I want to explore here is when did you make the switch to the carnivore, but also what was your inspiration to to tr- to go the complete polar opposite after so many years of being on a vegan-based diet? Yeah, I just, I was getting at the end of my line with the vegan diet. Like I'd tried everything that you could do. I've done the raw vegan cleansing. I've done the starch-based McDougal diet. I've done a balanced diet where I'm getting just all food groups and the spirulina smoothies and like superfoods and supplementing everything. And I've, I've tried it all. Like I was running out of ideas. I was like, could it be veganism? That's the problem here. It's like, it's not working no matter what I do. So I kept watching videos and there's many people that are thriving, like the snake diet guy and three Ridge who I'd like to make fun of sometimes. But I'm like, they're healthier than me and they're eating meat. What the hell? And so I just, I kept an open mind. And it was one day I saw an interview with Michaela Peterson. I actually watched the one you did with her. Great interview. Thank you. I just, I was like, oh my God, nothing but beef. Are you serious? Like she's describing me like nothing is working. I'm reacting to everything it seems. And I was just like, I'm, I'm, I'm just going to try this. Like this is getting ridiculous. So I just did it. I was like, I'm going to try this for 30 days. And if it doesn't work, I go back to veganism. But within a day, like within a day, my first meal, I was just so calm. I was like, oh my God. And my stomach stopped rumbling. And I was like, okay, that's interesting. Depression lifting slightly. It's like, and it just continued to get better. I mean, the adaption phase was a little rough for sure. Like there was ups and downs. I was fatigued a lot and I had a lot of digestive issues, but there was no gas or bloating and no pain. It was just weird stuff happening down there. But I was just like, this is actually really nice. And so most of my symptoms just started going away. And I was like, oh my God, I'm going to have to change my whole life, my whole YouTube channel. It's like, holy shit. I've been promoting like a vegan message for five years. And I'm like, this is how you heal. And I was like, I've never felt better than this right now on the carnivore thing. And so what was that first meal? Do you even remember it? Like, the, Was it uh, a steak? Was it bacon? Was it, I don't know. What Do you even remember that first? How did you break your, your meat fast? Yeah. I started slowly just trying a bit of meat out on the Thai street stand. So I started just adding a bit, like I'd have a fruit meal during the day and then I'd try a little bit of the fish and veggies. But when I started to go full carnivore, I wanted to eat nothing but beef. So I just got some, I think it was a a shank. Is that even a thing? I don't know. It was a big thing. <laughs> I just boiled it for two hours. It was so weird. Like I was just so grossed out by it because... I was so used to like vegans shopping. You're like smelling these sweet mangoes. Oh, are those ripe? It's like, oh, paradise. And then I go to the the meat aisle and I'm just like, oh God, I didn't even want to touch it. I was just, so that took a while to get over, but I'm fine with it now. But yeah, it was just beef, pure beef. Yeah, I love you brought up that psychological element because that is something I, I'm interested in hearing when I speak to people who've done the switch is just that psychology of, just looking at the meat itself, but even touching it. And and then, as you said, it's got a different smell, different texture in your mouth, maybe different taste. And I, 
what I've been reading from others who've tried to do the same is is that first initial switch over just to say that not only thinking that they're ingesting me, but it's like, I don't know, um, this taste, the smell, it's so weird. It's, I, d- I don't know what's going on. Yeah, it was very strange on multiple levels. Like, first, it's like, okay, I know that's a dead body. Okay, all right, that sucks. And then it was just the gross factor. It's like, oh, this is slimy and it smells weird. And I couldn't tell good meat from bad meat for a while. I got sick several times during this whole induction phase because I would buy, I'm used to buying like a massive amount of fruit and bringing it home and then that would last a week. So I'm doing that with meat. I'm buying a bunch of meat and it's in the fridge for like five days and I'm like, oh, that's slimy. That's weird. What's what's that all about? And I would just cook that and eat it and then feel so sick. I'm like, oh, that meat doesn't last as long as I thought it would. So it was just a gross diet, but I will say this, it was very delicious. Even boiled plain meat with salt, it's just like, yeah, like durian is my favorite fruit. Durian tastes better than meat. It's delicious. I would love to eat nothing but durian and fruits and rice and beans. It's all delicious, but I was never satisfied. Like I was that first beef meal. I was like, oh my God, I'm finally satisfied. It's like I just gave my body what it needed and wanted and I don't want to eat anymore. And that's one of the main benefits of the diet, I think. Mm-hmm. And it's, as you said, you know, other people that I've spoken to who've done the switch to, like Michaela, it's, it can be so dramatic so fast too, which is, which is fascinating. Um, so now that you're, you've, you've chosen to go all beef, it sounds like, was that just because you felt you needed beef? Or is it just because it's easier to get hold of beef? But I was thinking maybe in Thailand, as you said, you've got probably chicken and fish too and some other exotic meats maybe that are more readily available on from the street vendors. Yeah, it's actually a lot harder to get the beef here. But I wanted to do beef just because of Michaela. She, I was like, oh, she did beef. All right, I'm not going to mess around. I'm just going to do the beef thing and go on the beef cleanse. But it's hard to get here in Thailand. It's like... We have a huge chicken section and then a huge pork section. And then there's a little beef aisle off in the side, like on every grocery store. Like sometimes they have no beef whatsoever. I don't know why, but they're mainly into the pork, chicken and fish here in Thailand. And I didn't, I felt like pork was evil for some reason. I was like, pretty much everybody says pork is bad and chicken wasn't fatty enough. So I was like, all right, we're just going to do the beef and I couldn't really, like, we could get grass-fed beef, but it was imported from Australia and super expensive. And it's like, I see so many grass-fed Thailand cows out here, and you can't get grass-fed Thailand beef. Like, I've asked everybody, and you just can't get it. They don't have it. I don't know if they import it or export it out. I don't understand it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the, you can see it there, but you can't buy it in the supermarket. Yeah, it's like, I see all these cows. They're eating the grass. Where do they go? um and how how have you coped with the the animal fat side of things because you you brought it up there too so if you buy a rump steak or another cut of meat and you've got a big big bit of marbling on there how are you coping with the digestion of that animal-based fat yeah digestion seems good i'm trying i'm struggling to get enough fat that's what i'm really focused on is trying like the beef is not fatty enough here 
and like I'm getting, I'm into pork now just because I can get these pork bellies and they're so super fatty. I think if you're going to do a carnivore diet, you can't eat too much protein. I, I still believe that too much animal protein can age you fast and just it's too much for your kidneys. Like there's a lot of nitrogenous waste products that are produced once you go over what your body needs for protein and then you start turning it into sugar and there's just like ammonia and urea and all these waste products and it's just too much for the kidneys you're stressing your body out so i try to keep it a high fat diet and it's not easy here in thailand because we don't get it's the worst country to be doing this like i'm i'm going to move soon actually just to get somewhere like i would have been way better off back in toronto to get some like organic grass-fed beef fat or something like that it's just too hard to get out here okay and and you find digestion wise there wasn't a, a big transition phase because that i know when i've read other stories from vegetarians or vegans that they they're concerned about are they going to be able to break down some of that animal-based fats um you know do they have to take enzymes or anything did did your body cope uh Depends how you say cope, <laughs> how you define cope. Like for the first couple of weeks, I just had diarrhea all day long. I was like, I didn't even care if I'm being honest with you. I was just happy that things were leaving my body and it wasn't painful. I was like, okay, whatever, I can handle this. So yeah, I had lots of that. And I will say like my digestion isn't perfect now still. I still wonder because I was taking magnesium and that helps flush the body out. And I think it was giving me acne, so I stopped taking it. So things, I wouldn't say like they're perfect right now. I'm not like super happy with where things are, but there's like no pain and I'm happy with that. So things are improving, but yeah, I'm definitely not where I want to be yet with the digestion. I'm trying, I have some digestive enzymes. I haven't noticed any difference taking them. I'm thinking of trying like ox bile or something like that. I don't know. Okay, but it sounds like at least from the the UC symptoms, the ulcerative colitis symptoms, you're not bleeding anymore. You haven't got the heavy bloating. You haven't got um, the severe pain when you're passing a stool. Um, yeah, you're, it, it sounds like the consistency is going to be changing, but I think that's, that's a, a struggle most people would probably have to go through. Yeah, like other than it's just been a little weird, it's like, completely night and day difference like that's why i continue to do it because the pain is gone zero gas like i don't know if you know what it's like to just go through an entire day and not even fart once like maybe once or twice <laughs> it's like oh there it's like when it happens now it's like oh well look at that <laughs> i forgot i could even do that <laughs> it's like so flat and it's like wow this is amazing. <laughs> yeah. uh, I haven't had a conversation about the quality of farting. <laughs> uh, you gotta do it. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Sorry, I lost my track of thought there just talking about farting. <laughs> uh, yeah, but the digestive benefits are real. I mean, I think that's why most people do the diet. I mean, that's what I was reading because I read up. Like, I watched the Michaela Peterson interview. And then I watched a bunch of other interviews and was reading articles online, zero carb Zen or something. And like the main benefit is digestion with no fiber. And I was like, you've got to be kidding me. I thought like fiber was the key to life. And like there's been studies 
not on the carnivore diet, but there's this one study where they took a bunch of people who suffered with constipation and other digestive issues and they did a control group and like the one with zero fiber was the one with no symptoms. Like they were improved the most, even though like it was white rice and fruit juice and meat and stuff like that. It wasn't carnivore, but I was like, okay. And there is that book, The Fiber Menace, where he talks about like fiber is actually more harmful than good. And I've noticed it in my own life. The whole grains really wreck me and some beans and even nuts and seeds. It's like, are we designed for this? I mean, a lot of people don't have any problems with those foods, but for the sen- sensitive ones like me, we got to dial it in a little bit. Mm-hmm. So how long have you now done the switch for? How long have you been carnivore? It's been about four months now. Okay. And yeah. and for the foreseeable future at the moment then, so just like what would your... What's your daily diet at the moment? Is it purely all meat or do you, are you still mixing in a bit of veg or a bit of fruit? Like, how, how are you managing this? I'm trying to work my way towards more of a ketogenic diet with other foods. I don't want to stay on a carnivore diet long term. I'm just using it as a, a way to heal the gut in the short term and as an elimination diet just to find out what are my triggers. So like Sometimes I'll have a few grapes at the store. They have these little free samples and I'm just testing it. So I'll have like one grape. I'm like, okay, nothing happened. I didn't explode. So I'm trying little things here and there. And I just had some sesame seed, like tahini the other day. And I'm like, okay, is that going to bug me? But I'll tell you, like it's mostly meat, bone broth. I make fatty cuts of meat. I'm trying pork right now. Sometimes I'll have salmon or tuna. Uh, I'm staying away from the beef right now and organ meats I have, like, I'm not just a steak guy. I only have steak. I believe like organs are the most nutritious part. So I get the chicken livers and stuff like that. I've tried a bunch of stuff. I, I, the first, one of the first things I tried was tripe. I don't know if you've ever had tripe. I've never had it, but I know of it. Yeah. It's like, I think it's cow stomach. And at this point, like I was trying to eat where I would just cook the outside a little bit and eat whatever I'm eating mostly raw. And I tried that with the tripe and I took a bite and it had like this weird minty sensation in my mouth. I was like, that's weird. That can't be good. I ate the whole thing and then I Googled it after and they're like, they soak those in bleach. You know, you're supposed to soak those like overnight and wash them really well. I didn't even wash it at all, but I was fine with it. I'm better with bleach than I am with broccoli. And <laughs> it's just, <laughs> I'm good to go on that. So, yeah. <laughs> oh, the bleach diet. That's a proper cleanse. Yeah, that's how you kill the bacteria. <laughs> <laughs> so, um. So now but I just want to say, like, I tried olive oil, and one of the things that I noticed on the carnivore diet, my sinuses were clogged up for years, and they just opened up. Like, I can breathe through my nose for the first time, it feels like. And I was like, wow, look at that. So I tried olive oil. I'm trying to get in other sources of fat because I can't find good quality organic animal fat, and my nose clogged up immediately like the next day i was like oh my god i'm all stuffed up and that's the only different thing i changed so i am trying to add in different plant foods but a lot of them aren't really working 
The macadamia nuts were a little harsh on the digestion and fruits made me a little gassy. So I didn't love that. You know, it sounds okay. interesting because, you know, that I, I do see the carnivore diet as a clinical application, like in your situation too, where if you, if you're at a stage where you aren't experiencing all the major clinical symptoms anymore, you know, all the, all the pain and the bloating and that use it as that elimination diet because it's so simple. But then as you're doing now, as you're adding individual things back in and it's giving you a better market to go, oh, that's interesting or oh, yeah, that's okay. So it's like now maybe you get a cleaner food list that you can then build off again. And William Schufelt, who was one of the previous guests on the show too, he introduced me to the concept of a hyper carnivore. So it's someone who eats a predominantly meat-based diet, but then they're also adding in other elements. And it sounds like that you're on that journey now too. Yeah, I would love to just have a more balanced diet. And that's what I will eat eventually. It's going to be still some meat, some fatty meat. And I just, I would love to have a nice big plate of steamed broccoli in there and some olives and avocados and like get some more plant fats in there. Cause I do believe plants are healthy. I mean, for a while I was saying plants are the only healthy thing, but I believe a balance, like you can get certain nutrients in animals so much easier to digest. Like that's what I never realized. Like I was putting on muscle as a vegan, but it was ruining my digestion. Like you can get enough protein on a vegan diet and build muscle, but can your digestive tract handle it? Like some people probably can. I do wonder how they're feeling. I would just, I wonder how John Venus's digestion is. I'd love to ask him one day. It's like, are you bloated all day? Like what's happening? But I just know like I was not thriving and I'm putting on muscle so much faster now on the carnivore diet at no expense to my digestion now. So it's like, it's so much easier to absorb and digest the protein and other minerals, I imagine. It's just so much more bioavailable, I guess. I don't know, but it's just, you can feel it. So, but I do believe there's like antioxidants and phytonutrients in plants that are beneficial. So I do want to start adding those. And so that kind of leads me into the questions I wanted to ask you too, is how has that transition been also with the community that you've had around you for so many years or the or the other people who are also maybe strict vegan or in, on different types of uh, vegan diets how have they responded to you doing such a dramatic change and being public about it on your youtube channel yeah that was not an easy transition to make i got quite a bit of hate but a lot of support as well so it was probably 50-50 hate and support, but the the haters are so much louder and they stick in your mind more. It's like, oh my God, like people were making response videos and taking my older videos out of context and it was really rough. Like the vegans will just jump on you. They don't seem to care that you're suffering. They just don't want an animal to suffer and they don't understand that somebody could possibly be healing eating animals. It's like, they don't even see that. So they don't understand it. It's like once you have to feel the pain almost to understand somebody else's pain. And it's like, they just, they have the one track minds, like he's killing animals. He's doing bad. And it's like, I've had many vegans message me saying that like, you should suffer. You should be okay with suffering. Just save the animals. That's the most important thing. I'm like, wow, these people, like they're willing to get sick some of them for the animals and i don't see that as good at all i want to feel as good as i can so it was a weird thing 
And so that's coming back into usually my question for someone who who is eating a certain way is like what the what the main reason was like in your case it was from a health point of view you wanted to go vegan because you you noticed that it was healing your symptoms it wasn't more the animal welfare kind of question in your case and that's why it's it's hard to understand for you when you're getting these responses to say hey you know keep keep yourself in pain keep hurting your body but as long as the animal side of things were not at least you're not contributing to to the slaughter of any more animals and you that's hard I guess for someone like in your situation to have to go, hey, yeah, I'm I'm feeling better. Yeah, like I went vegan for the health. That was my main thing. I've always been the health vegan, but of course, like being vegan for so long, I started watching the documentaries and I love animals and just seeing them tortured in these factory farms, it's like that is so terrible. It's like so that kept me honest where like I could have cheated and got away with eating some animal products I didn't want to for the ethical reasons. So I did become an ethical vegan until my health started declining and it just wasn't improving. And at that point, you have to just make a decision. It's like, am I going to keep declining in my health to save some chickens and cows? Or should I try this and improve my own health? And who am I going to help if I'm just this sick, decrepit guy and I'm like dying like, oh, veganism. <laughs> God, you can do it. <laughs> it's like stupid. <laughs> yeah, and, I, you know, myself, uh, I, I eat meat, and, um, but I'm also, I do look at animal welfare on, at the same sense because I want them to be slaughtered in the, in the most humane way or, or even particularly reared in the most humane way, which is where the whole grass-fed conversations come in to say hey let the animal actually just try grow up as it's meant to and we've got you know more humane ways of slaughtering it's, it's just a part of the process but yeah that's um there's I, I still think there can be like ethical meat ways of eating and then sort of unethical meat ways of eating yeah there's definitely a scale to it i mean the factory farming is just an animal living a tortured life for their whole life and it's just confined in a cage they can't move they're in pain they're sick it's like that's terrible whereas like a grass-fed cow is out on the range they're happy they're doing what they would do in nature it's like even if you open that fence the cow is just gonna look at the other cows like yeah we're good like what's over there more grass yeah we'll go there when we're done with this grass thank you it's like they're basically happy but yeah then there's the killing phase and i don't know how to do it nicely i mean Apparently, you can't really do it nicely. You can't just kill them instantly. You got to like slice them and drain their blood alive. Like it's terrible. I don't like. I don't like doing this, but I have to go with how I feel. And then maybe we can do it more ethically one day, where it's an instant kill, boom. And then because that, like, a cow out in the wild getting torn apart by wolves, is not exactly a good death. I mean, or starving to death in nature for like a week and a half and they're just slowly dying. It's like the animal's going to die. Death is not going to be great no matter what. Yeah, We could, if we could just do that nail gun to the head or something. I wish it was so much simpler and easier and faster. And hopefully somebody comes up with a way to do that. Yeah, there is that, um, I've, I've forgotten her name, the agricultural research, and she created the protocols for slaughterhouses, um, you know, so that it minimizes the psychological stress, the way that they walk them through. There's a whole protocol that goes around this, and she, she would be a very interesting one for you 
um, if you ever wanted to research that, I mean, that just shows like the, actually the level that a slaughterhouse, that even when it's doing high volume, that it could not distress the animal. And, you know, when they do put the stun gun to the head, that it obliterates the brain instantly. And so they are, they're like clinically dead, instantaneous. So, um, yeah, I think there's, yeah. there's, yeah. So, um, with just thinking of, of um, that there too, I'm guessing you had some comments from um, some some vegan members in the community saying that you probably didn't do the diet correctly either. Did you get those kind of responses? Yeah, a lot. Everybody was just like, you were never vegan. You're, you're plant-based, <laughs> not vegan. And yeah, you did it wrong. And it's like, I did it every single way. And then when I said that, it's like, well, then you changed too much. You didn't, you kept jumping. And I've tried diets for years at a time. I did the starch-based McDougal diet for over a year, I believe. And it's like, I've tried these diets for months at a time, like 100% raw for a few months. And then, okay, that's not working. Raw till four. Is that helping? Try that. for. I did raw till four for the majority, I would say. Healthy, like just green juicing and fruit meals and then big starch and bean meals, stuff like that. And it's like, I've tried every combination of like zero fat to 10% fat, 20% fat, 70% fat. It's like, I felt best on the high fat vegan diet, but I just couldn't handle the digestion, all the nuts and seeds. And I did my best. I was soaking the nuts and seeds overnight, blending them, fermenting them with probiotics. Like you could not make a healthier diet than what I was doing. Raw salads, chopped up, sun-dried tomatoes, soaked. It's like, how else could you do it? Like I've done every single possible way. And it's like, if I can't digest these things, nothing's going to work. Like it doesn't matter what I eat. And are you having people approach you now who are, who are vegans or who have been a strict vegan for a long period of time? And they're like, I've seen Casey do it. And they actually want reaching out to you and say, Casey, look, I've also had certain questions in my mind. How did you start? Like, how did you do this conversion? Are you getting yeah. requests from people? Yeah, I'm getting a lot. Like there's a lot of pretty big vegan YouTubers out there right now that are struggling and they're curious about this. There's some smaller YouTubers. There's a bunch of people in my comment section who have already switched because they were feeling like crap on the vegan diet. Like there's many people struggling on that vegan diet. And I just wonder if more people are struggling as well and just not saying anything. That's what I want to know. Like I've always shared my truth. Like I showed my ups and downs. So you could see it's like, oh yeah, I felt amazing on the vegan diet at times. There were times where I felt on top of the world, but then I would crash and I'd feel good for four days and then down for a week. And it was just up and down always. And I just wonder, a lot of people must be struggling out there and they're just not saying anything because some people on YouTube right now look like they're healthy they look like they're great, but I've talked to them behind the scenes and they're not feeling good at all. And they're thinking of doing what I'm doing. And so it's like, who's honest out there? We need to be honest and just share the truth so we can get to the bottom of it all. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, I can imagine when you've, when you've pinned your flag to a certain way of eating to say that you're willing to look somewhere else, it's a hard thing to say publicly, especially maybe if you, as you said, if your whole community that's following you is based around that diet too and you're saying all right guys i've got to switch switch camps here yeah i did not want to do that i was paranoid of doing it because that's like my livelihood 
and I've built up a vegan audience here. And I, it's like, this is my vegan channel. And that was my message. And that's all I believed in for the longest time. And it was a rough, like three months, I would say I struggled with it. Even making videos, I was like, do I believe in this? This is terrible. I'm just eating animal products now. And it's, I didn't believe in it. And I was really harsh on myself. And it was a tough journey to overcome. And I'm still working through it. I'm still trying to like convince my own mind that this is okay, <laughs> but I'm healing. It's like, I'm still working on it. I'm actually going to show a what I eat in a day video, but I haven't like shown on camera. It's funny because there's still a myth alive out there that I'm just doing this as a publicity stunt and I'm not actually eating meat because nobody's seen me eat meat. So it's like, there's still hope alive. He might be vegan still. <laughs> I'm going to start showing it just to ease my own mind. It's like, this is healthy because if I'm afraid to show it, there's a part of my mind that thinks it's bad still. So I got to convince myself to let that go and not be a vegan channel anymore. I don't think I'm going back to veganism ever, most likely. Yeah. Well, that's the thing about we mentioned earlier, that like hyper carnival where you'll have a predominant meat meat based diet, but adding in various other things through your experiment. And, you know, like this whole channel is about biohacking and equals one kind of experiment like self-experimentation quantified self just figuring out what works best for your health and it's like you've moved in that channel now um that you're you're, you're tinkering with all these other elements and I, I was also interested like with your brand name because it's vegetable police so you've yeah, unfortunately you've kind of pinned your flag to say you are only vegetables but i guess your whole channel is comedy too so um it gives you that leeway to be able to weave and sort of do this transition. Yeah, if anything, it makes more sense now that I'm the vegetable police, anti-vegetable kind of thing. But yeah, it's tough. I wanted to be health police in the first day I made my YouTube channel, but it was taken. Back then, you couldn't just create any name. If it was taken, that was it. So I wanted to be health police. I was like, damn it, that didn't work. And then I thought fruit police and I was like, oh, that doesn't sound very good. So I just did vegetable police. And yeah, it is more of just a comedy name. It, I never like I actually debated switching to vegan police at one time. I even made a video asking my audience if I should. And most of them said, "Nah, that's stupid. It's just like whenever I tell somebody in person that I have a YouTube channel I'm the vegetable police, like they giggle, they laugh. It's like, oh, that's silly. Like, what does that even mean? Who knows? Nobody knows what it means. It's just a silly, funny name. It's like health-based, just, it's funny. I don't know what the hell I'm doing. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, yeah, no, I mean, your, your videos are, are quite funny. You've got, you've got uh, a good sense of humor, and I think that's coming through in this interview too. But as you touched on earlier, that maybe because you've done so many comedy videos that people have that sort of doubt is he just doing another skit here is this just another way of doing a joke um but it but i think this interview has just proved that you definitely this is no joke like you actually do eat meat oh maybe uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's funny because i do wonder sometimes because i'm very silly in the videos and i don't think people really want to get health advice from a clown <laughs> They're not looking for that. So I'm just like, in the back of my mind, I want to be this health guru that just has this protocol and develop my own protocol to heal people. But then there's the part of me that's just silly. I want to have fun. And 
I don't think people take me serious on my health advice sometimes, but yeah, it's been a bit of a struggle just wondering what direction I should take my channel, just more to the comedy side or try to heal people. I just try to do both, just give the health information that I learn, but present it in a simple way that people can understand and just make things funny and lighthearted. And I'm having fun doing it. So, <laughs> oh, well, you're doing a good job. It kind of reminds me of, um, is it JPC is, you know, kind of where you can have, yeah. a, have a good joke about different ways of eating, but you could also in a way, um, yeah, pass on a message to you. That guy is really funny. He's had a couple hilarious videos about veganism, making fun of, even as a vegan, I would laugh at his videos, making fun of vegan. It was just, he's a really funny guy. Mm. So I think you've shared so many great um, tips that, you know, anyone who's maybe potentially looking to go from a vegetarian or vegan based diet onto eating meat again, like what, what that was like in your personal story, um, you know, and shared a lot of good information too about your journey. Are there any particular resources, we've mentioned your YouTube channels, um, that people could go to online to keep up to date with what you're up to or follow you? Mainly just the Vegetable Police channel on YouTube. That's where I upload all my stuff. That's where they can find me. Okay. And yeah, if they're interested in trying it out, I mean, I do do consultations if anybody's interested in that or... I do have a Patreon account where I do the monthly Q&A every month is for as little as $1 a month. They can sign up and ask any question they want, and I will answer. <laughs> but yeah, there is many things that I've learned along the way. Like I am working on a book, The Carnivore Cleanse, just to distill it all down because there's many mistakes. If you eat too much protein, you're going to run into some serious problems. And if you don't have any organ meat, you can run into trouble and like vitamin C is an important thing to pay attention to. And like, there's many things if you don't get enough salt, like there's many tips. So you can't just like, okay, I'm going to eat beef and it's all good. And you eat these lean steaks and you got to make it simple. And I would start with just one animal and don't play around. Don't have fish, chicken and beef and try all these different things. Keep it at one thing. If you can one cut, Try cow tongue. That's delicious. Super fatty. It's like 70% fat. And just start simple and then slowly add in a food like one every week and test it for a week because some of these allergy symptoms are delayed by a few days and you, you're not going to know if you add one thing in, you could react four days later. So if you've added something in in between that, it's like you confuse yourself. So be slow and steady with it, and then you can add more foods back. Mm. And that's you know another reason I wanted to speak to you too, because I know there's going to be people out there who are listening who have the problem that they want to maybe try a different way of eating, but they won't know how to transition, and so they need people who've done it before them to sort of say, hey, look, these are the things, these are the problems, these are the issues I experienced, or these are the wins that I did, so just a heads up this this could be coming in your journey and that's why yeah you got to share all the information today yeah i got a bunch of videos on that my struggles and what not to do on my channel and then some interviews like this i did an interview with primal edge health as well so we talked about a bunch of stuff he actually gave me a bunch of tips he's been eating basically carnivore and keto for a long time so he's another good resource and 
yeah, it's fun to just learn from other people who are doing this and improving their health. That's where I like to get my information from because so many studies can be biased and wrong and come to the wrong conclusion and they demonize like, oh, this group ate red meat, so therefore red meat causes cancer but they were eating pizza and bread and other stuff. And it's like, well, that wasn't really a study. I would love to see good science putting two groups together. And it's like, okay, this group had red meat and this didn't. And they were both healthy and they both fasted and they both exercised. And let's do some real science and share that instead of this like paid for by the broccoli industry. <laughs> studies <laughs> yeah that b- big broccoli it's a bit yeah they're, they're a key they, player in all of this they're taking over i tell you <laughs> well casey i just want to say thank you again so much for your time today and sharing all your information and i'm going to put all the links to what we discussed in the show notes for everyone thanks for having me on yeah.